I'm Kales. And I'm Allison. And this is YWYA. Hi guys! So today we're going to be talking about ratings and if they're still important, how we rate things, uh, what we value in other people's ratings and reviews, and yeah, all that jazz. But first, as per usual, Allison, what are you reading? I am reading Silent in the Sanctuary, which is an adult historical fiction amateur sleuth. Blasphemy! <laughs> novel. It's really good. Um, it's the second in a series by Deanna Rayborn, and I've read like four of her books now, so... Yeah, you're quite obsessed with her right I'm now. I'm on an author trek with That's her. That's okay. You're on an author binge. I'm currently reading Obsidian and Stars, which is the sequel to Ivory and Bone, which is the prehistoric Pride and Prejudice retelling. Which sounds incredibly interesting. It's so good. And I just am interested to see how this story is going to continue. And I'm listening to, on Playaway, this really awful junior fiction called Wishing Day which I just hate every second of, but I'm trying to read it for a challenge that we're doing at work. And Allison right now is giving me this look of like, you don't have to do this, you're torturing yourself, which is kind of true. I'm trying to complete this bingo board and we get free spaces, like cheating spaces, I like to call oh them. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and in order to get the blackout, I have to read all 24 of these things and I haven't. I'm two playaways away. And on the other hand, I have read like six things on there and I will not be getting a blackout, but I don't care because I'm not nearly as competitive as McGeeley. Competitive? Me? What? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> going back to ratings, we're going to be leading you through today our rating systems, what it takes to get those levels, those type of ratings for us from books, and we're going to give you some examples of books that we have rated uh, those ratings. I feel like this would be a really bad drinking game to how many times I just said rating in that <laughs> sentence. Yeah, we're using Goodreads system with the five stars and no half steps. And then an additional step of did not finish DNF. What are the have tos for a five star? What does it mean when a book gets a five star rating from you? When a book gets a five star rating from me, I have developed a strong emotional attachment to it and the characters. We're both character-driven readers, too, so yeah, that's a must. Plot-driven books bother me, and I often don't finish them because I don't care. It has to have very strong characters and very strong character development. I really like it when a book has... You, you get a real journey with the character besides what the plot is doing. My other thing is five-star books are automatic recommends for people. So if I give a book five stars, I think that anyone and everyone should read it, regardless of their preference for genre, because I think it will transcend that preference. For me, five-star books, I love when a five-star book is different and original, or what I deem to be something I've never read before, and high writing quality, like has to suck me in, has to be really good. Like if you use the phrase, I released a breath, I didn't know I was holding, I just don't know what I will do. I, <laughs> to me, it's got to be high quality. I love books that can surprise me, because I find a lot of books very predictable. And I don't like surprises in real life, but it means that the book is smarter than me and the author is smarter than me. And I like that because it challenges me and it challenges my reading. That's why I don't read a lot of mysteries because I figure those out a lot. But I feel that a book needs to just be different. I understand the feels that books give. And so, but for me, a book also needs to hit my head as much as it hits my heart. For me, it's almost all heart. It's all 
what do I feel when I read this rather than like, was this book grammatically or whatever unique or was the plot stylized or was, something? Right. Yeah. Was the plot, you know, something I've never read before. I don't really care. And also five star books for me are nostalgia books. Yes. Childhood nostalgia, all the Harry Potter books, all the Tamora Pierce books, almost all of them. Um, Wolf Speaker. <laughs> Wolf Speaker was not the best one. She gets a pass. She's written, like, 40 other great books. I know. It's okay. Well, no, I agree. I've got those. I've got Stravaganza, Del Toro Quest, Shakespeare Steeler. Like, those are just my five-star nostalgia child book. They are perfect, and they will never be any different. Don't tell me otherwise, because I was a child when I read them. Yes, exactly. So one five-star book that is a little bit off people's radar, I would think, um, is The Paper Magician by Charlie in Holmberg. I have that on my Kindle. It is really good. It has a very unique magic system where magic is inherent. I'm not sure if it's inherent for everyone or only some people. It's been a while since I've read it. But it's inherent, and then you go to school and learn about it, and then you become attached to a specific physical material that after you are bound to that material, that's the only material you can use to create magic. So the main character wants to be attached to metal, and she is coerced into being attached to paper. And the story is kind of her falling in love with paper as a medium and her falling in love with her mentor. It's this historical fantasy and the characters are just beautiful and great. One of the five star ones that I have is I'll Give You the Sun by Jandy Nelson, which is a contemporary, which means you haven't read it, but <laughs> it's about these two twins told three years apart and something has happened in those three years and it alternates from their perspectives. And it's something that happened to their mother, and they're both artists, and it's this complex, interweaving, awesome story about love, loss, family, and I love it. And it's definitely a book that has transcended genre, because there are so many people in my life who've read this book that, probably only comparable to Harry Potter, that so many people and such a variety of people in my world has read this book and loved it. So one of my other five stars is I would say maybe obscure to some people, but some other people are like, oh yes, of course I love her. It's Poison Study. That's another one you want me to read. <laughs> I think this is going to happen a lot. This is probably going to happen a lot. Um, by Maria V. Snyder. And it's a really interesting story. It's a high fantasy kind of story where a woman is on trial for murder and she's going to be hanged, and she gets the opportunity to, instead of dying by the noose, to be the king's poison taster. But so she goes through this whole training regiment of, like, how to identify poisons, and again, she falls in love with her mentor. Maybe there's a pattern here. Yeah, it's on my list. It's definitely there. For me, the second one I'm going to mention is actually Duology, which I gave both books a five-star rating, which is rare, and that is Not a Drop to Drink and In a Handful of Dust by Mindy McGinnis. I love both of these books. I loved In a Handful of Dust just a little bit more, but it is this survival story in this sort of post-apocalyptic world. It's really the world is running out of water, and this mom and her daughter guard their own little lake of water, and the mom gets killed by wolves, and these city people retreat from the city. They're trying to leave, which has been walled in. It's Chicago, essentially. You learn throughout the course of the books where everything is, and 
then the young girl like takes them in and learns how to survive and then the second book takes place 10 years later when the young girl is older and one of the city folk come and they figure out that the world is kind of being restarted in California so they take the trek from like Ohio, Illinois, Midwest area all the way to California on foot and it's this great awesome story. My favorite part of it is that it's different. I've never read anything like it and I love the bond between the two women in it. Going then, four star. What demotes a book a star? And you're a lot more generous than I am, so this will be interesting to me. I am. So four star is probably my most used rating. Okay. Um, Looking at like the numbers on my lists... Four star is like at least twice as many books have got a four star rating than any other other category. Usually, I really really liked the book. I really liked it, but I probably had something that either didn't happen that I wanted to happen, happened that I didn't want to happen, or um, the ending was abrupt or fell flat a little for me. Oftentimes, like, the first book in series will be four stars, and then the second book, if I, like, you know, I really liked it, but then the second book is, like, better, and it'll be five stars, or it'll be worse in three stars. So a lot of times I am more conservative with the first book in series ratings. And, yeah, so I still have that emotional attachment. They are not automatic. Everyone should read them. Um, recommendations. But... They are still really good. I would say my rating is very similar with that, too. My four stars is, again, I really liked this book. Like, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the characters. I followed through. I would recommend it to people. It's something that, for me, is one, a book I would own. That's another thing. I want to own all everything I rate five stars and four stars are books I would be willing to buy. That is interesting. Everything I rate five stars, I would like to own. Yeah. Not everything that I rate four stars I would like to own. See, and everything I... And I'll get to that when we talk about three stars. Three stars is my limit of... If anything I rate is a two star, one star, or a DNF, I get rid of it. And I don't buy it. Three stars, I'm kind of indifferent. Because some of them, like the Selection series, which is a three star for me, I want to keep because I like it. But you already owned it. It's not like you would go out and buy it. Well, some of them I have gone out and bought. Like the Neil Patrick Harris Choose Your Own Adventure the other day. But that was also in a book bundle. So, you know, there's, there's different circumstances. Like, it's not an automatic get rid of for me. But I also like cupcake reads. That's what I call them. Yeah, I call them mac and cheese reads. Yeah. A lot of those mac and cheese reads for me are three stars. Yeah, so I am generous in that way, and I usually give them four stars, but I don't really want to own them. Mm-hmm. Like, and when we say mac and cheese and cupcake reads, we mean, like, books that are fun to read, but have very little substance or, yeah, like... Yeah, and they don't have a lot of, um, they're comfort food. Yeah. They're just comfort reads. They're very predictable. They're something that you just kind of fall in love with the characters. Again, the selection is a really good one that I use for that. And, and Kara Cass has said it herself. I actually stole the term mac and cheese reads from her because she calls her books mac and cheese reads. She's like, I am not setting out to write the next intellectual Hemingway, Twain, Steinbeck, great American novel. I'm writing books to enjoy. Gail Carriger, I think, is the exact same way. She talked about that at Colorado Teen LitCon when we went and how I just want to write books to entertain. So those to me are those type of books that entertain. So four stars for me are books that are a little bit more, that have some substance to them, that have something that influenced me, that affected me, that I could relate to, and that wasn't just a, it was okay. I mean, it was good. I liked it, but it's not, oh, I really liked this book. 
So what's an example of a four-star, then? The Dark Days Club by Allison Goodman is an example. It is not a comfort food read. Um, it is a interesting historical fantasy where there's weird demons and, like, <laughs> in London society and, like, in the gentry. And it's, like, it's it's really good and it's really fun and it's a really unique story. And I really, really, really enjoyed it. And I definitely will read the story. For me, one that I'm going to mention that is, again, kind of an unknown one is Places No One Knows by Yen- Brenna Yovanoff, which is this really interesting weird book. It's realistic fiction, but very magical realism thrown in a bit because this girl and guy are on opposite ends of the social spectrum. She's like perfect know-it-all kid. He's stoner, loser, gonna drop out type thing. And all of a sudden she falls asleep at night and she pops up in his life. Like when she's sleeping. Like his real, like his waking life? Yeah, but like only he can see her. And it's when she's sleeping, and they, like, form this interesting relationship and, like, help each other. And it's such a weird, cool thing. And I remember loving it so much because the voices of the characters were so unique. It was a weird concept and didn't, like, hit home as much. And there were some cliches. Cliches are, like, instant downstars for me. Like, if your book is riddled with cliches, so help me goodness. But I felt like this book was just different enough, um... And like I said, I really liked the characters in it. They had such strong voices, and it was very interesting. So another four-star for me is The Crown's Game. Oh, yeah, that was a four-star for me, too. Which, because I thought the story was really cool, and I really liked the whole Imperial Russia magic, like, fight to become Mm -hmm. the court magician. But I gave it a four-star because I felt like I'd read it before. Yeah. I I It didn't feel original. It It felt great, and it was, like, oh, awesome YA combo, but... And, like, full of these Y elements, but it didn't I yeah have that oomph for me. I feel like the, like, the overarching plot was kind of original, but I don't think that it was executed in an original way. Um, the whole, like, mage competition where it's, like, a, a woman versus a man, or, like, a teen girl versus a teen boy. And but they end up falling they in end love. end up falling in love, and then it's like, well, one of you has to die, and, like, who's gonna pick, who's gonna die? Like, you know, that is not original. And I agree... It was so good. And it I was really it. good. But, like you said, it wasn't original enough for me to, like, be like, wow. To, like, really have that wow moment. Yeah, I agree. And three stars. We talked a bit about this. They're, for me, like, this middle ground. Some three stars are, like, I really like this book. Some three stars for me are, I appreciate this book. And that it's existence in the world. And I can understand where other people would like it. But I don't necessarily like it. And I find it interesting that I do keep some of my three stars. Like I said, the selection series I still have. Um, I think to All the Boys I Loved Before is a three star for me. A lot of my realistic fiction comfort foods, comfort reads, are three stars. And I keep them because I like them around and I like reading them. And yeah, I'm trying to think of some three stars that might not be that. But that's what I go to when I think of three stars. They're just like good, they're just good books that I like, but they're not substantial. They're not original half the time and they're not going to change the world but I still like them yeah three story books for me are books that I enjoyed as I was reading it but I would never reread they are books that I would not buy for sure I would maybe or maybe did and that's why I read them buy like cheap kindle copies like if it's on sale 
Um, no more than $2, because <laughs> I am very cheap with Kindle books. But I would not buy them. I don't need to own them. But I'm also a very selective book owner. Yes, you are. My collection of books is very curated. They are all books that I love and will potentially reread. Yeah, whereas we're sitting in my apartment right now, and as we're standing here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven-ish bookshelves are in this apartment. In full. In full. There's yeah. only really one I can add books to. And there's also piles of books. There's two piles of books on the floors, because there's <laughs> one you can't see because it's beside my bed. So three-star books for me are books that I enjoyed, um, books that I may or may not continue reading the series... And books that I wouldn't buy because I just, they didn't do it for me. I wouldn't ever want to reread them. Yeah, may or may not re, may or may not continue the series is another one for me. Um, like Sweet Evil is the one I gave three stars, which is about this girl who's the daughter of an angel who falls in love with the daughter of one of the demons, who's the seven deadly sin demons. And it's very Twilighty, but I liked it for that. And I liked it for the cheesy paranormal romance that it is. Vampire Academy is on that same level. Um, I only keep Vampire Academy, actually, because I have it signed. I can't get rid of books that I have signed to me. I can't do it, which sucks if I don't like the books. <laughs> That's where those some of those lie for me. This is going to be controversial, but I rated Sabriel by Garth Nix a three-star. I've never read it because I never found it interesting. So here's my thing. I always, I tried to read this book like six times, and I DNF'd it five of those times. Wow. And then, and it wasn't because I didn't like it. It was a lot of times circumstantial and sometimes just because it wasn't the right book for me at that time. Like I am a very mood reader, so yeah. I wasn't in the mood. So I did end up reading it this year and I listened to it and Tim Curry narrates it, which is wonderful. Tim Curry. <laughs> but I, and I liked it, and my so I have all these influences in my life of people who love this book. And so really what I ended up doing was I read it for them. I read it for my husband, I read it for our friend Emily, I read it for my brother, who have all loved and read this these entire series. And it was good. I liked it, but I don't think that the writing was for me. Like, I don't think Garth Nix and I connect enough for me to continue reading him. So two star. Ugh, two stars are weird. So... What do you mean? It's a rating that I don't like to give. Because if I rated something below three stars, in my frame of mind, I feel like I should just rate it as nothing. Like, I just shouldn't even rate it. Two stars are books that I read to completion. Sometimes because I had to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, for Hatchet, I don't like Hatchet. I'm sorry. No, you're allowed to not like it. But Hatchet is one of my two stars. And I had to read it for school. Like, I had to read it for a class for my library degree. And I just didn't connect with it at all. So it's books I don't connect with or books that I finished because I wanted to see how it ended, but I didn't, I wasn't invested. I didn't really care. Mm -hmm. I was just like, I'm, I've gone far enough now that and I don't hate it. So I've gone far enough that I will finish and it's two stars and that's fine. And I'll never buy it, and I'll never own it, and I'll never prop maybe recommend it to people depending on exactly what they want. For me, a two star book is kind of like, eh. That's how I feel at the end of a two star book. I was like, eh, or like with Mockingjay. That's a two star book for me. I was like the end of the series, eh. And Mockingjay is the only one 
that's like a two star that I keep because it's part of a trilogy. Right. Even though I hated how that series ended and the whole thing. But there are some other ones like Shatter Me. Eh. Like I was just like, I'm not impressed. A two star for me is I'm not really a, I'm not really impressed with this. I didn't really relate to the characters. I didn't really get it a lot of the time. But I didn't outright hate it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like The Raven Boys is another one that I rated two stars. It's just kind of eh for me. That one was another one, though. I really liked Maggie Stiefharter's writing, but the story, I was like, I don't care about any of these characters, and I feel like a lot of them are really stupid, and this plotline is really weird. Yeah, I DNF'd that book. Yeah. And so, I gave it a two stars, because it's just kind of like, meh. <laughs> Unimpressed. That's my two-star rating. Meh. I feel like a lot of books that I have rated two stars started out as potential three-star mac and cheese reads, or cupcake reads, but... They didn't give me what I wanted out of the comfort food level. <laughs> yeah. So then it was like, okay, well, you were like a book that existed and you're fine, but it's not. It's not. You're not worth it. it. Even three stars. No, I understand. Um, so I gave two examples of mine. Two stars. So, so sure. Another example of mine is um, Sea of Shadows by Kelly Armstrong, which is a YA series about these sisters. I think they're twins. Um, and it's in this fantasy world where they... One of them, they they live on the edge of this forest where people are taken to, like, they're exiled and expected to just die there, like, it's like prisoners. And so they, one of them is, like, the guardian for the forest, and the other one is, like, communes with the spirits to, like, lay them to rest. And it was, like, this is... I've got this look of dumbfoundedness <laughs> on my face right like, now, it, like, what? It sounded like a cool plot. I was holding on for... The romantic relationships that I thought would be good, and then the, uh, um, they, just, they didn't. just didn't. It didn't. I mean, it was like the first in the book in a series, so I'm sure she wants to drag it out, but I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to read the rest of the series for this. It's not yeah, worth it. Not worth it. All right, now we get to the dreaded one stars, which I'm also going to lump DNFing into this, because I... One stars are very rare for me. Me too. I only have two. No, I've got probably like 21 one stars, and it's because... It is rare for me to continue reading a book I don't like. Yeah. I am a DNFer. I am unashamedly a DNFer. The world is too short to read bad books. I truly believe that, which is why my rating system is so heavy on the high side, because the books I finish are books I actually like. Right, me too. And my DNFs, which I only started keeping track of them recently, so my DNF shelf is a little lacking as well, but I stop reading books I don't like. And so one-star books... Have their own little add a kid because I finished. Right, yeah. You finished, That's about it. You though. finished a book that you were not into. And a lot of them, though, are books I had to read, yeah. too. Like some of the traveling books I have are in here. Some, um, but then there's some stupid one star books like Sweet Bitter, where I just was sitting here this whole time as an adult, not a slice of life, awful book that I read about this waitress who's like, is never going to do anything in her life. And she's like, just randomly does cocaine and it makes no sense and I don't like it. But. I was just like, I have to see if this gets better. And, like, I felt determined. You remember? You were like, mm -hmm. why do you just not read it anymore? And I was like, I just have to see because it's so bad if it continues to be this bad. And it was. And it was awful. Dorothy Must Die is another one that it was like, how is this still continuing? This story is so bad. I can't. Yeah. No. I. It is very rare for me to finish a book I don't like. So that's the only difference between a DNF and a one star is that I finished Right. Oh, one star. For me, it's the same. I recently have, not recently, like in the past five years, have really 
started DNFing books and not feeling guilty about it. Because mm-hmm. working in a library, you see all these books come through and you really get a perception for how much published literature there is and how much you could possibly read in your life. It's insane. And yeah, it really puts it in perspective. That's like, why would I waste my time reading this book that I hate when I'm sure I can find one that I love? My <laughs> one stars... Um, one... Don't hate. She's going to break my heart. Yeah, one of my one stars is one of Kaylee's five stars. I know. And which it's... we're going to do a whole episode on this. But um, oh, God. it's The Magicians by oh. Love Grossman. <laughs> and I hated that book. I hated it. And it's because I am a character-driven person. And the main character does not develop in any way, shape, or form through the whole book. He does over three books. Yes, though. but he I refuse it. to read two more books about him being a jerk. To get to it. It's so brilliant, though. So, yeah. So that's a whole nother discussion. But that's what It I is want. a whole nother discussion. But I knew you were going to bring it up to torture me. I just knew it. And the other one I have is um, Life As We Knew It. Oh, God. I DNF'd that book. It is hard to read. I It's, it's a dystopian um, novel where a meteor hits the moon and the moon gets not closer to the earth. And it screws up all, you know, the natural weather patterns that it would, would screw up. Yeah. And this girl and her mom and her brother, Z, there's two brothers, um, live in this town and everything gets messed up and they're surviving. Like, all, like there's no power and there's no phone lines and there's, like, no gas. And it's, it was interesting at the beginning because it was an, an, a perspective that I we see kind of rarely where it's immediately after an apocalyptic event and how do you deal with the transition from normal life to, like, this post-apocalyptic kind of world where there isn't anything. There are no services. There are no things. And that's what kept me going at first. But then the girl is so whiny and it's this, like, diary format. And I was just so mad at her the whole time. And so I, like, I finished it because I thought the world was interesting at the beginning. And then I was so far in that I just kept going. But it was definitely one star. What I've also liked about this conversation, though, is that I feel like I've learned more about your rating system, which I didn't know a lot about before we had this conversation. I just knew that you were, quote, quote, a softie. <laughs> but in real time, it doesn't really feel like that you're a softie. Because if anything, you, like me, don't read books you don't enjoy. That's why yeah. we're so imbalanced. And just because you might have more five and four stars might mean that you might actually be a little bit more harsher. I think that I... It takes a bit to get five stars out of me but that four star category is like is my sweet, so heavy it's my sweet spot so yeah. like that's that four star is where i'm really generous books that probably don't deserve four stars or maybe that other people would be like are you kidding me you give four stars to that book i'll get four stars yeah i don't know it's just a really interesting thing to learn about is going to be a really interesting one, Allison. What are we going to be doing? We're going to be talking about sex and YA. Subtitle, Is Everyone Doing It? Yes! (laughs) It's an interesting topic. I'm really looking forward to seeing what we come up with, what, if it really is true, if everyone in YA is having sex, and if not, and what is... It mean and matter and and what should they be and well and what's the difference between genre mm-hmm. and how does that affect relationships and like speed of intimacy. I think it's gonna be super fun. 
So make sure to join us on August 15th for that. And then also another really cool announcement is Sarah J Moss is coming to Colorado! <laughs> we already have our tickets and it's very exciting. I'm actually working the event. Yeah, our library and um, one of our local bookstores, Tattered Cover, is hosting her. So it's gonna be super awesome. I'm so excited. And so that's gonna be September 13th, which is a Wednesday. So if you are in the Colorado area and wanna drive to see Sarah J Moss, then you should totally get tickets on LoneTreeArtsCenter.com. So if you do come, you get a hardcover book. Signed. Signed. Um, not her signing it there, but it's pre-signed. It's pre-signed, but then there will be a raffle for 50 of the tickets to be able to go meet Sarah J Moss and take her picture. And there's also gonna be a bookstagram contest. Which Kales is running. And I'm so excited. We're gonna have all the information on our website at www.yweya.weebly.com. I'm Kales. And I'm Allison. Now go read the thing. <laughs>